This is the Beaver Tales podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Warden with the Beaver Tales podcast, where we talk with former Oregon State athletes. We haven't gotten a women's basketball player on in a while. If you haven't heard the Jamie Wisner or Jamie Scott interview from a couple weeks ago, also check that one out. Very good as she was in Russia at the time when we talked. But today we're going over to Central Oregon to talk with Alyssa Loveday, who if you watched Oregon State basketball a few years ago when she was Alyssa Martin, That's when she kind of helped get the Scott Ruick era started. Alyssa had committed to the Beavers when she was coming out of high school in 2010 from Jesuit High School up in Portland. There were some odd things going on with the program. LaVonda Wagner was the coach she committed to, and obviously some not-so-great things happened, and LaVonda was fired. You can go read other articles about what was going on at that period of time, but Alyssa does talk about that transition as she came into a program where very few players remained. Most of them were transferring out, decommitting, and and she was one of the few who stuck with it. And by the time her career ended, she was the only senior in the program. And her team lost a lot of games at the beginning, and she was one of the few there. So she was basically starting every game as a freshman. There was not a lot of competition for playing time. By the time her career ended, a lot more great players were there, like Ruth Hamblin and Allie Gibson and Sidney Weiss and Jamie Wisner and Devin Hunter, a, a lot more for sure. And so when Alyssa Martin's career ended in 2014, she made the NCAA tournament with Oregon State. That's how far the program had come in her four years at OSU. She was also studying civil engineering while at Oregon State. She now works for Kittleson and Associates, a civil engineering firm in Central Oregon. We start off our conversation more with her career now and her professional career, her marriage, and some family updates that she gives some breaking news on in this podcast and then we end the conversation with their memories at Oregon State. This podcast is also brought to you by Food for the Hungry. I give some free exposure and advertising to nonprofits around the country. Food for the Hungry helps people both in America and abroad who are impoverished and in need of help, not just throwing money at the problem, but empowering people and giving resources for more sustainable help throughout their process of coming out of impoverished situations. Food for the Hungry is online at fh.org. You can donate, sponsor a child, and help out with the projects they have at fh.org. That's Food for the Hungry. Alyssa Loveday is my guest on the Beaver Tales podcast, formerly Alyssa Martin, but uh, a new stage of life now. Alyssa, thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Looking forward to chatting about a number of different topics. Let's start more with the academic side and what you were doing at Oregon State. You were balancing basketball at OSU with civil engineering, which is no joke of a major. I've had roommates who are civil engineers, and it's a hard process. And you were in that major. You were also on the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. You were in the National Society of Black Engineers the American Society of Civil Engineers, and the Institute of Travel Engineers. So there's a trend here, uh, but you probably only put time into all these outlets if you wanted to get something out of them or give something to them. So what were you hoping to accomplish by so much time commitment to these organizations? Staying busy. I (laughs) am definitely somebody who, who likes to fill time. I have never been one to not do anything. So Yes, there was college basketball, but still had plenty of time throughout the day. So I was looking at different groups that I could join and 
I think the big reason for all of the engineering groups that you named off was basketball did take up such a huge chunk that I, I wanted to make sure that I was prepared going into the workforce afterwards um, and wanted to know about internships. And I didn't know if that was going to be possible with having to be at, Corp, um, at Oregon State during the summer times with basketball, but um, I wanted to give myself the the best possible start to, to life after college. So um, hence all of those different groups. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, really enjoyed getting to to do everything. There was never a, no, you can't, you don't have time for all of that. So it was a lot to balance, but it, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't, wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. As you continue through that civil engineering track and were going through the major, took a lot of classes and have worked now a couple of jobs with in that civil engineering field, uh, how would you say your career path has developed and where you're at now? Engineering is a, I don't know, it's a fun career field and, and you're in that now. So what are some things you've learned just about the the idea of being a civil engineer in that field and how that's gone so far? Oh, I've learned so much. I mean, Oregon State, everybody, you hear it, it's a great school for engineering. Felt pretty prepared, but at the same time, I also had no idea what to expect. And I started out of, right out of school, um, at a general civil firm back in Portland and kind of got, got to do a little bit of everything. So it, it was a great start by General Civil. It was getting to work with pipes and utilities and stormwater, sanitary sewer, um, kind of the nitty gritty stuff you don't get to get into during school. Um, and about three and a half years into that, uh, kind of realized I, I'd always liked the transportation engineering classes in college didn't want to start out my career super only doing transportation. And so had some friends that were were working for a transportation company um, and got to, to interview with them. And so now I'm at a firm called Kittleson and Associates, which is transportation engineering and loving it. It's awesome. And getting to still work on a wide variety of projects. What I thought was a very minuscule thing um, is not there's so much that goes into transportation and I mean example I went into it thinking I'd be doing mostly design work so designing roads roundabouts etc but I'm working on crash analysis operations and analysis and so much so much so learned a lot what's something about crash analysis will say that the average non-civil engineer like myself wouldn't know about what sort of research you're doing, how that might impact future decisions that a city would make or a designer of roads or designer of cars, whatever it may be. What's something that you've learned and research you've done? Yeah, so haven't done a ton of research with it, uh, more of just analyzing the crashes that have happened. But so like, we'll look at certain intersections, look at the crashes that have happened, what type of crashes are they? Um, There's a lot of data out there on, are they turning movements? Is it a rear end? Are they hitting pedestrians? So I mean, those ped bike ones are some pretty big hot topic 
buttons right now of what can we do to, to put in some safety features um, if those are the types of accidents happening. So a little, little nerdy getting into all of these Excel details, but also what I think is exciting. I, I like to get nerdy. I mean, how many basketball <laughs> players can go into the data of how many left-hand turns were being made and crashes on the intersection of 35th and Harrison or whatever it may be, you know? So exactly. <laughs> those are the sort of things you learn. Do you drive different when you're driving around your town? Do you, do you think differently than you would have if you weren't an engineer? Yes, I've had this conversation with some friends before, like going through roundabouts of, oh, this is done wrong because I didn't have to slow down at all or like just things where they're like, really, come on. <laughs> but, um, or, oh, this slope is off because the water's pooling and it shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> Is there something else that maybe people wouldn't know about um, engineering, especially your field, that is really interesting to realize, oh, that's how that works, or oh, I never knew that's why they did blank. Is there something, a project you've worked on where you've realized the reasoning for, for this or that creation or transportation issue? Um, one thing I had learned that just because... I wasn't a part of that process um, at the general civil firm I was at is there's this whole like planning side to engineering projects where you're looking 20 years out into the future and it's not just this, hey, we're designing this roundabout, it's getting built in the next couple of years. And the work that goes into that planning side um, is crazy. And I had no idea that there were public meetings where people can go and express their likes and dislikes and um, all the public officials that you have to go through and all the check boxes. So some people might know about that. I had no idea, but that's one that I can yeah. think of off the top of my head. For sure. In a broader scope than just engineering or just basketball, and we'll come back to your, your playing career um, in the kind of latter half of this conversation, but in terms of your more personal growth and life lessons you've learned and the stuff you've done since college and I'll let you share whatever you know personal life details you want to share about what life has been like since gosh about six years since you left Oregon State now um, how have you changed as a person and highlights of the last few years since you uh, finished up at OSU yeah so long ago <laughs> making me feel a little old not that long six years it's not that long you're young you're young <laughs> i don't feel old <laughs> um yeah graduated 2014 i had one extra term which i think for myself and engineering wise was awesome because i was able to get in an internship in that extra summer and moved back home, Portland, lived there for about two years. And in my mind, I am a planner. I am type A. People that know me, like my life has a plan. And I kind of had always envisioned I'm going to live in Beaverton where I grew up. My kids will go to Jesuit where I went. It's going to be great. And kind of was like, you know, young, this is where I've known for as long as I can remember, convinced my now husband to look for jobs out in Bend and said we should move and was lucky enough to be able to transfer 
down to the Bend office with the firm I was at. So we have been living in Central Oregon now for the last three years, three and a half years. Loving it. I feel like for me, that was huge because it wasn't this planned thing that I normally do. And we didn't know anybody moving down here. A couple like Megan Dickerson, who was uh, one of my assistant coaches at Oregon State lives here. So we knew a couple people, but didn't have any friends around our age that lived lived here. Um, so definitely out of my comfort zone, definitely out of my husband's comfort zone. Um, but loving it now. And I mean, this is where I see us. Uh, we just bought a house. So definitely putting in roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess also in that time we did get married. So that was a big thing. There's a highlight. (laughs) Minor details. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we got married actually in Corvallis um, at Katie Schrock's family farm. So that was awesome. Kind of a culmination of basketball all right there. Um, And yeah, we're now expecting twins in the end of the summertime. So a lot, a lot happening, but um, I don't know if that really answered your question either, nope. though, about how nope. I've grown. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's these are all parts of your growth process, and goodness gracious, I mean, first of all, congratulations on expecting and the marriage itself. That's that's amazing. Uh, gosh, when thanks, I say thanks. motherhood <laughs> or becoming a, I mean, you just had Mother's Day, and you're. however whatever that was like to realize you are in becoming a mother how has it hit you yet of not just one but two kids uh it's it comes and goes it was a it was a shock to hear it was two I think we're both very go with the flow pretty easygoing so it hasn't been too like oh my gosh what are we gonna do but every now and then I'll be like oh we're over halfway this is getting real (laughs) Yeah. so every now and then it hits of like this is crazy there's gonna be two of them (laughs) but we're we're both very excited and then yeah I think the other big thing that's happened in this last six years is once we moved down here I met another girl that had played basketball for the University of Wisconsin and who is also a civil engineer and so at the time kind of our respective offices were like you guys need to meet and become friends because you're the same person and so we met exchanged numbers got to talking about our basketball careers and if we were ready to give it up and just become civil engineers and that's it uh and kind of at the end of that it was no we miss it um what can we do still and checked out some high school games around Central Oregon and saw that there was a massive need for just some some basketball outside of basketball season. We really didn't have anything like that here. Um, so we started a club team, not even, wasn't even a team at the time. We started doing camps and clinics with the thought of eventually having some sort of club team. So yeah, we've been doing that now for the last three years as well running clinics pretty much year round camps in the summertime. And this year, if we would have had a spring season, we would have had seven teams, but it's growing like crazy. It's a lot of fun. Um, Only girls teams right now, but we get guys and girls that come to clinics and 
it's been pretty fun. Yeah, that's a way to stay involved in basketball. And it seems like a couple of players have done that. I remember talking with Anna Marshbanks and she had done some camps too and wanted to stay in coaching. And then I think she became the North Salem head coach. I'm not sure yeah. if she's still there, but she's kind of doing a similar thing to you. So you get to stay passionate about it and, and coach up young kids. Do you think your kids whether they're boys or girls will be basketball players or even beaver basketball players a few years down the road oh, I hope they like basketball <laughs> I mean yeah I hope I hope they won't force them they'll definitely be put in basketball when they're old enough but hey, I'm sure I'll be toting them along to to some of our games so <laughs> hopefully they learn to love it yeah I asked uh, Jamie Wisner or Jamie Scott now the same question when I had her on the podcast about when she got married and she was married pretty soon after her playing career was done if she had bridesmaids who were on the team. And she had to say, it was like, well, there's so many teammates. If you have one on, then it's tough. Yeah. So she went the route of, you know what, just no teammates, which is, that's a fine way to go about it. Yep. Uh, how did you handle that? Did you have to have some tough conversations with anybody? Because I know it's not easy. I did have some basketball teammates as bridesmaids. I had Katie Talk and Allie Gibson. And I didn't have to have any super tough conversations with anybody. I did also invite some of the girls to my bachelorette party. It was kind of how I worked around it was... <laughs> we can all go have fun and celebrate. And then day of, it was just, just those two. But yeah, mine, I, we also got married in 2018. So four years removed, it was a little bit different, still in touch with a lot of the girls, but not as every day as we were in college. So I think that also was a difference. Speaking of Oregon State, let's kind of run through your career a little bit because you had an interesting span of years at, at Oregon State and playing for four years, basically starting from day one. How did you get recruited from Oregon State? What was that process like and who you were talking with and who first brought you in? And how was the program doing when you arrived in Corvallis? Yeah, um, so I was recruited by LaVonda Wagner um, and her staff. And I had also verbaled super, super early, like junior year of high school and signed right away when I was able to. We went down to pretty much every home game possible since hour and a half drive from Beaverton. And they were, they were struggling. They were doing okay. But I mean, kind of knew that going into it, but I, I loved Oregon State. I loved that both my parents went there. I loved that my dad played there. and um, it had just always been the the school I wanted to go to. So them struggling wasn't going to change anything for me. Um, and then about a month before we were supposed to go down for like the freshman bridge program, we found out that Lovanda was fired. There was some not great things going on with the program and most of the girls had left. So that was kind of a, okay, well, what do you want to do? Are we sticking with this? Do you want to look somewhere else? And I'm pretty stubborn as well. So I was like, no, this is where I'm going. And didn't really think twice about it. And once they hired Scott, he called me, said, we're really excited to get you out here. Um, it was still kind of going forward with the plan of going down. I think it was July um, was that program. 
So yeah, I went down and got to meet everybody. And there were six of us, I think, on the team, like officially on the team um, to start. And so we got to learn all about tryouts that were being held to, to fill the rest of the spots. And it was a it was a crazy first year. It was trying to explain it to people. I say it was the most crazy, but also super fun because nobody knew what they were doing. So we were just all figuring it out together. I mean, you had two returners that had a semblance of an idea of what a Division One basketball season looked like, and everybody else was just winging it. So a lot of fun together. We might not have won a ton, but um, I mean, I enjoyed every second of it. And I think winning coming back and winning this the Civil War game that year, it was kind of like, hey, we finally figured out how to get over this hump. We were always, all of our games felt like we were so close that season. And so I think once that game hit, we kind of figured it out. And the next year we, we brought in Allie and we did, I think, way better than anybody expected and got to play postseason. Um, so I think that, I think the four years I got to play was was pretty cool of kind of you're literally starting rock bottom and then my senior year make an NCAA tournament and win the first round um, for me was a, a great way to go out. Yeah, it was when you came in, you know, not to over dramatize it, but it seemed like the program was in shambles. I mean, there was not much going on there. The number of players and the coaching situation, and then you get to experience the first four years of Scott Ruick. So your four, first four uh, were his first four, essentially. What gave you the determination to stick it out? I mean, you mentioned the stubbornness and the decision, you know, I've got the family connection, so I'm going to Oregon State, but it would have been really easy to leave, or at least if you stayed to still get bitter or pessimistic about it. And yet you just seem to roll with the punches and enjoy even an odd start. I mean, with how much success you had in high school, I, I could totally see you saying, no, I only want to go to a successful program. I got one shot at college basketball and this is what I get to come into at Oregon State. And yet it seems like it didn't really bother you. Why was that? Um, I think also wanting to prove that, that I could make it at the D1 level and at the Pac-12, now Pac-12 level, Pac-10 then. I mean, there were people out there that didn't think I could, um, even hearing some of the, the talk from the previous coach that was there of some of the, the challenges that they would do in the beginning of the season, kind of pitting us freshmen against each other already was like, no, I, I know I can make it here and, and wanting to prove that. So I think that on top of being stubborn and then that on top of loving Oregon State and wanting to be a beaver kind of sealed the deal for me. As you got towards your senior year, I mean, you were starting from day one because, for one, there wasn't much competition for playing time, and two, you were a good player, so put those things together, and you were playing a whole lot, especially freshman year. But towards the end of your career, a lot of really good players came in. The program was being built up. Sidney Weiss, Jamie Wisner in his senior year. Ruth Hamblin was on the roster. Devin Hunter, Gabby Hansen, Brianna Brown, Allie Gibson. All these players now are in there. Now there's a ton of talent on the program. And that was the one year, your senior year, ironically, where you actually had the least playing time and weren't starting every game like you had the previous three seasons. So did you have to develop 
a new sense of humility that senior season to seed playing time to some younger teammates or how did that go your senior year? Um, I always knew, I mean, each year we brought in better and better players and yeah, it's great getting to play the whole game, but always knew that at some point that wasn't going to happen. I just wanted to be out on the floor and play the sport that I loved. And so I was going to do whatever that took. And if that meant cheering from the bench, that's what I was, that's what I was there for. And thankful for the minutes that I did get to play and getting to play in the NCAA tournament and not many people can say they got to do that. So yeah, I think was totally okay with it and always knew. I mean, that's pretty typical of a, a normal college experience where everybody on the team is good. And when you get to that point, that's awesome. You don't have to have somebody playing 40 minutes a game to to get you through it. Has that stubbornness you mentioned of I'm going to stick it out no matter what, has that served you well or poorly, uh, but has it affected other areas of your life where you're stubborn in a, in a non-basketball way and it helps you or what, whatever the case may be? Um, I, don't know, I feel like my mom should answer this question. <laughs> um, I don't know, off the top of my head. Maybe. I mean, I guess I think of school and knowing there are some engineering courses that were very tough and could have been very easy to say, yeah, this this major is not for me. But again, it's a couple courses going to get through it. Um, I think of it definitely more on the sports side. I can think of plenty of examples <laughs> growing up in multiple sports and uh, where, where that stubbornness came out. It'll be interesting to see if your kids take after you stubbornness wise and then now you're in your mom's position like, and then yeah. how you got to handle Come that on. yeah <laughs> we'll see hopefully well, not both of them where they can gang up right so. <laughs> one of them will calm down the other hopefully hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> well it's so fun to talk about the engineering and the basketball memories best of luck for you and your job and the marriage and the rest of the pregnancy and motherhood and all you've got going on so thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me on the podcast i appreciate it Alyssa. yeah thanks for having me my thanks to Alyssa loveday for joining me on the podcast a lot going on in her life of coaching basketball, relatively still newlyweds with her husband and pregnant with two on the way. An amazing stage of life for Alyssa Loveday and my thanks to her for coming on the podcast and sharing about her memories at Oregon State and balancing civil engineering. That's a huge job and she's got a lot on her plate. And uh, just another story of someone who adjusted well after Oregon State, who was a great player, but had a lot going on for them afterwards and was set up for success. And I wish the best for her going forward. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Beaver Tales podcast, whether it's women's basketball or any other sport at Oregon State. Got a lot of episodes already previously posted. If you haven't checked out those yet, all of them are still relevant. They're not super timely. So even if they're a few weeks old, it's mostly just memories at Oregon State and life lessons since then. So they'd still be interesting even now and more episodes to come as well. Until next time on the Beaver Tales podcast, I'm your host, Josh Warden. Good night and go Beavs. <laughs>